This is Movie Night with the Boys. Swagatam, we are Movie Night with the Boys, and we're a movie podcast. We also cover TV shows and video games. My name is Zach. And I'm John. And yeah, and today we're going to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi, Episode 5, Miss Marvel, Episode 1 and 2, and to finish it off, we'll do a little Episode 5 of The Boys, right? So, with that being said, take it away, John. Alrighty. So, Episode 5 of Obi-Wan Kenobi, aptly titled Part 5. So this episode picks up uh, back in Coruscant 13 years prior when Anakin was training with Obi-Wan. You can see that Anakin's getting frustrated. He's getting aggressive. You already get those Vader tones from him that you're kind of starting to see again now. And, you know, he's he's Anakin. Um, do, you, do you recognize the place where they're training? Yeah, that's, isn't it the council council room? No. But it's on Coruscant. It's where the younglings were training. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When they, um, but it was the reason I didn't recognize it, because it's obviously day versus nighttime. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It's that same area. And did you recognize Anakin's clothes? Yeah, those were his, um, episode two clothes. Yeah. So, that. Along with the, the, the tail. With the little ponytail, yeah. Yep. Um. One thing I do have to say, though, is why did they not de-age his face? That is something that I will talk about again later, but it definitely didn't make sense. Um, So we get back to the current times. Um, Vader is now tracking Kenobi because of the tracker that Reva put on Lola. Um, and she has been given the the title of Grand Inquisitor, which he clearly had wanted for a while now, based on her actions. So they arrive at the facility where we. And this is a quick little shout back to our last episode of Episode Four. You thought Roken is it Roken? Yeah. Yeah, you thought he was one of the guys flying the ships. Turns out he wasn't. No, 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 no. It wasn't just me. You said the same thing. Don't put that okay. on me. We're both Dude, guilty. Don't put that on me. We're, we're both guilty of it. We both thought he was on the ship. He was no, I not. Know, because I seen else. him. I seen him. He's still alive. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Oops. But I mean, you wouldn't. You wouldn't have. I don't think you would have paid an actor like him to do that. Like to do that yeah. role if you were gonna literally die 20 minutes later. Yeah, with with less than 15 lines total. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. That's fair. Um, so, as the Empire is showing up to basically siege uh, the path's uh, resting place at the moment, Lola goes up into the vents and deactivates the electronic hydraulic door that keeps the, well, that actually would allow them out, but it also keeps the Empire out from above as well. So, I think it was kind of a foolish move on their part. Um, they could have just attacked him as they flew out, if you think about it. 
Um, oh, yeah, yeah, the Empire, yeah. Yeah. But, um, so they, they got locked in. You should uh, also, I would say we should also mention that every so often they're doing flashbacks of, like, Obi-Wan and Anakin fighting still. Like that was It was kind of cool, actually, that they did that because despite the uh, the shortcomings of Hayden Christensen looking like a 39-year-old, 20-year-old, um, he actually seemed pretty fluid in those movements despite his aggression. So he didn't lose a step. He's still got the moves. And yeah. I want to point out something. like but When they're fighting, right, you've seen Anakin. Anakin does this, like, downwards chopping motion with a sword all the time, yeah. right? I didn't notice this ever, like, when I was watching Clone Wars and even, you know, whatever else he's in, right? But that is exactly what Luke does to him when he cuts off Vader's hand, right? Luke is sitting there doing the same thing, beating down Vader, and then he chops off Vader's hand, uh-huh. right? So Good. Feel the hate flow through you, yes. Yeah. Join the dark side. It's, it's, you know. pretty, it's pretty ironic. But yeah. yeah, ironic. Continue on. Continue on. Um, oh, so, and, and the little robot, like when he flies in, it's kind of mirroring when the Mando had to send Grogu in to fix the wires. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's so. a good little little reflection. Yep. So after their little exchange and the door gets locked, um, basically Kenobi takes over as the general again. And he says, all right, we need to fortify our defenses. We need to make sure that we can stand our ground. If they can't get to us, we might be able to get out of here if we can get that door open. So he asks Roken. Roken says it's going to take four hours. He says, you got one. And they go and they start to fortify the walls and the doors, try to make sure that no one can get to them. Um, And then we get the scene of the stormtroopers showing up with Reva, leading the the whole team. And Do you know what the black... The black ones are? Those are the officers, right? Nope. Those aren't the, the um, mech droids. They're not the... Um... Nope. Those are purge troopers. Purge troopers. Yeah. They basically the underlings of the uh, Inquisitors, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. They're also from Fallen Order. So yeah, they show up and they're, uh, they bust out this big-ass cannon that's going to... They're hoping is going to blow the door open. Um, it doesn't seem to be working, <laughs> but they keep trying. Um, and Kenobi and a group of the other rebels are at the door waiting for them. And he comes up with this plan to try to buy themselves some time. And he walks up to the door and calls Reva to him uh, to negotiate. I want to point her... out something ahead, that you did miss. Um, so when when Obi-Wan was in the hangar, right? He came across a box of lightsabers and a robe. That's right. I did forget that. Right. And everybody believes that one of those lightsabers in the box is Quinlan Boss's. Right? Because realistically, a Jedi, if you're in hiding... Like, just like Obi-Wan, he hit his in the desert. You wouldn't be walking around with a lightsaber. That's kind of the stupidest thing, right? Yeah. So I would assume that more often than not, those lightsabers, a couple of those Jedis might be dead, and a couple of them might still be alive. So I just wanted to point out that, yeah, one of those 
one of those lightsabers matches Quinlan Vosses. And that's one of the cool things I like about Star Wars is you can literally, like, every, like, lightsaber is different. You know what I mean? So the Rebels are waiting in the hangar, and as I was about to say... Oh, um, I have one more Easter egg that I forgot to point out. Go for it. So, you know, in Tala, she goes and she's, like, talking to Obi-Wan, right? They're actually in that same room that Obi-Wan woke up in the back to tank. That's the back to tank room. Okay. And But the Easter egg I want to mention is... Reva pulls out her holster and she shows she shows there's 14 marks on her holster yep. and in her story she she said word for word 14 people died that day. Oh shit. So she walks around with that etched on her belt yeah. or on her in her holster as a, like you know what I mean as kind of a reminder. So yeah. Uh the rebels and Ben are in the hangar well they're in the little room outside the hangar they and in order to stall uh, ben says that he wants to try to talk and negotiate with reva so she walks up to the door and they start communicating and he finally figures out what we have suspected since episode one or episode three depending on how you look at it um that she was one of the younglings that was in the first episode that happened on Coruscant. Well, yeah, they they sh- they show us her flashback. Yeah. yeah, they give us the whole her perspective thing, and you see Hayden Christensen walking in, and he's getting you know he's slicing little younglings he's down, forty years old. Yeah, um, <laughs> didn't save you, bro. <laughs> um, I want to point out one Easter egg here. It's you know one of the three kids that she was with. Like, remember, he, like Anakin was striking them all down. Yep. One of those kids is. One of those kids that we seen in the trophy room, one of those younglings, like that oh, was shit. It was the same, yeah, the same kid. Huh. I yeah. definitely wouldn't have caught that. Yeah, which Brutal. doesn't make which doesn't really make sense to me, but on the, at the same time, maybe it was it, his first it, trophy. No, 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 because what I was like, so just jumping ahead a little bit, right? Yeah. Reva claims that she she hides amongst the dead bodies, right? She fakes her like death, right? Yeah, but my yeah. thing is is if they're collecting these dead Jedi and putting them in in like stasis pods or whatever, how did they not get her and put her in the stasis pod? And yeah. so that doesn't make sense. But I kind of might have figured it out because Vader also claims that he knows that Reva was one of the younglings. Yeah. I think right. he also said that he re- he never would have not suspected her like he, he knew the whole time or some shit, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they co- they're going back and forth. He says, why don't we just work together to take him down? We both want it to happen. And she gets mad because he didn't help to protect them. And she sticks her lightsaber through the door to get there, to make her way inside. And this... I don't. I don't know why she didn't do that from the get go. Me neither. Uh, Qui like... Gon Jinn also did something similar in Episode One. Yep, right? I remember. So it was uh, the twisty move, though. First he started and twisted, and then well, he was picking the lock. He was picking the lock, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the lightsaber. 
Yeah, and then Reva just cut through the, the yep. thing holding the door together, essentially. Fucking welded it like a smarty. Um, so then this fantastic gunfight happens while laser fight. Wait, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You can all call that an amazing gunfight. That right there shows us the stormtroopers can't hit shit. Hit shit. <laughs> They're yep. right in front of them. Right in front of them. Bro, we're going back to my, my episode theory, bro. That glass, the glass in their damn helmets... It's too thick. It's too thick. It's tinted, but it's too thick of glass, so they can't see crap. Because they were right in front of them, and, and maybe it was so many, so bro, many, <laughs> maybe seven, seven of the path members died. That was yeah. it. So I was, I was gonna I go and say fantastic for the rebels. <laughs> oh, okay. Jesus, it's fantastic for the rebels because they were fighting the worst shots in all of the universe. <laughs> and like just dude like how how did it take them bottlenecking to start hitting people <laughs> like they had to bottleneck them to start getting shots on the gigantic loader bot that was there it's like dude yeah that loader bot was a badass bro. yes he was the unfortunately they they aren't able to hold themselves uh strong where they are because despite their overwhelmingly inability to overwhelming inability to hit the rebels they were still forcing their way in as they were shooting to push them back because they had great um, yeah 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 and uh so <laughs> as they're making their way back towards the hangar uh tala gets hit uh mortally she unfortunately was not going to make it but she knew it he told ben to keep going and he didn't have much of a choice even though he was really being a badass with his lightsaber at that point trying to get to her anyway so he's doing his badassery with his defending himself, trying to make his way back to her. She says no. We get this really sad moment where the loader droid gets overwhelmed and is protecting her with his dying circuitry. And he collapses, but doesn't fall on top of her for some strange fucking reason. Um, and Hold then she just, just powered down. Like he got into a pose to block the shots. And then I figured he was like gonna just fall down. though. <laughs> no, he was Maybe. like it was like he was like kneeling, so he was in a position where oh, like, he yeah. wouldn't have fallen over. That's fair. But um, I so want to point she... out though. Go ahead. That droid dies. It like like you know what I mean? Like sacrifices himself, kind of. Yeah. Kind kind of like in Rogue One. You remember how they had that robot and he sacrificed himself. And he like died, but he pushed the button and, and and did something. I can't remember what he did. I think so. But he sacrifices himself. It's kind so. of reminiscent of that too. Some selfless droids in this universe. Apparently, droids are better people than I am. That's right. So she busts out this grenade that doesn't seem to be inhibited at all by the giant robot in front of it. And as the storm door closes to protect the people inside the hangar, the entire uh, cave basically gets blown through. Um, you want to know what's you want to know what's cool about that grenade? What's that grenade? This is my last Easter egg. It's the same. It's it's a thermo grenade, and it's the same grenade that Leia busted out in Jabba the Hutt's palace when she threatened to blow everybody up. Oh shit! Yeah. Go. So, yeah, yeah. That's Go all I got. <laughs> So the grenade blows up, um, a bunch of stormtroopers get blown to bits, um, and Reva is not hit by it, but, you know, 
everyone makes their way back to the ship. After Obi gets back to the hangar, uh, he realizes that they can't win. So instead of fighting on and making more people die um, by their own hands, more likely than the stormtroopers, because clearly they can't hit shit, um, he surrenders himself to Riva, and he's sitting there like on his knees, and she's talking to him all whispery, and she more or less is convinced that they can work together to kill Vader. She tells the stormtroopers to bring him back in, and then they close the door. And of course, he fucking kills all of them, or, or the two guys that were there. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty stupid. <laughs> like, why would you? You just sent them to death. But, anyways, uh, oh, Vader but, shows up. But, but it still doesn't make any sense, right? Because yeah. that didn't slow down Vader from. Not even a second. <laughs> right? So I don't... No, 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 no. But what I mean is by that is, why did Obi-Wan, like, do all that shit, give up his lightsaber, go out, get captured, kill the guards, and go back in the room? Like, that didn't slow anything down. Like, what was the purpose of that? I think his only goal there was to try to get a second shot at convincing Reva to be on... to, to work with him. Because that's obviously what he did try to do while he was sitting there. So I think he was doing a last-second plea kind of thing. And it, it clearly worked, because Vader no, lands... That was, no, but that was her plan from the get-go. So that like that's what I mean. That's why it doesn't make sense. Uh, maybe he convinced her to let them all live then. <laughs> Obi-Wan breaks free of whatever his pretend so soldiers are supposedly doing a good job of holding him as prisoner. And he gets back to the ship. Vader starts busting his way in. He gets to the ship as they're flying out of the hangar, and he just forces, and it, it is such an excellent display of his use of force. So, <laughs> as he's ripping apart the ship, thinking he's going to get to the people inside, there's nobody there, and then somehow everyone, including us as the viewer, missed the whole other ship behind it that was sitting there apparently the whole time. I watched that scene three times, and there was no second ship. I don't, give, I don't give a fuck what anybody says. There was no second ship. So unless that ship had some cloaking, when, it, when, it's, when, it's like, like when it's sitting stationary, because I don't know why I didn't fly away with the cloaking on, yeah, um, yeah there was no second he ship. He fucking tried to get that ship. Why didn't he try to get that ship? I don't know, yeah. bro. But I have um, to say, though, do you know where else we've seen that? Like, using the force to pull a plane down? I know I've seen it, but I can't remember from where. Was it the last trilogy? Yes, it was okay. Ray. Ray. And it's also in the video game, like, Starkiller does it. In the, Interesting. In, the, in the, the Force Awakens, or what? I don't know. One hmm. of those games was Starkiller. Noise, noise. Yeah, yeah. So... As he's staring off longingly into the ship that's flying away because he gave up like a, a fool, Reva thinks that it's a good idea to just try to sneak up him, behind him and just attack him with a lightsaber, which is going to make a fuck ton of noise anyways, on top of it being fucking Darth Vader. So he clearly knows she's coming, stops that whole thing. They have a really decent fight. Like, he uses a lot of force and not not a lot of lightsaber, but it's still oh, that was... pretty good fucking badass he's just like like puts his hand up stops her 
Then he puts his hand down and pushes his hand up, and the force pushes her. It was like they were doing fucking kung fu with, yeah, it like, was, he was it doing was... kung fu with the force. That was some cool-ass shit. Yeah, that was, I, I very much enjoyed that fight. Um, he tries to bust out the double lightsaber. He uses the force to stop that from spinning. Fucking rips those out of her hands, breaks them in half, has two two lightsabers, you know. No, he doesn't break them in half. Oh, no, he doesn't. Oh, what does it's, he just pull them out? It's, it's show it that, like so. This scene, which is really cool, is showing you all the different forms of the their their lightsabers. Like basically yeah. everything their lightsabers can do. So they have the single blade, the double yeah. blade, the yeah. spinning blade, and the two separate blades. So like it just it detaches to give you oh. two lightsabers. Yeah, because one's not enough. Yeah. Well, some um, people like the dual wield, right? Yeah. It looks like Unless all the inquisitors. Well, it looks like all the Inquisitors have standard lightsabers, so, I mean, I'm sure they each have different lightsaber styles, so they use them in different ways. That's fair. <laughs> so, Vader, after it's all said and done, stabs her, and you kind of get a scene of her getting stabbed there, and then it's, like, flashing back and forth between that scene and her apparently having been stabbed as a kid. I can't really tell, because you don't get the actual perspective, but it looks like she was getting a stabbed. Yeah, it seems like they were mirroring, like when she was a kid getting stabbed. Yeah. So, like he stabbed her then, and he's like, and I re and he, it's like he it's it's basically like he said he remembers doing it, and then stabs her again in the exact same. Way. Yeah, which is stupid on Vader's part because clearly when you <laughs> stabbed her like that, it didn't kill her the first time. So why would it work the second time? You know, and her. who knows if it actually did. No, it, it doesn't, because she's going to be in episode three. She's going to be going to... Uh, episode six. Tatooine. Episode six. Yeah, in episode six, she's definitely going to be showing up to Tatooine looking for Luke. Gotcha. Well, yeah, because as I was just about to say, after everyone's left and we get a... The Grand Inquisitor is still alive, as you very much so called recently in another episode that he was still going to be alive. Um... He's there, and he kind of rubs it in her face and calls her a piece of shit in so many words. And they go away, and then you see the communicator with Bail Organa's message about Luke just off a little bit. And now she knows that Luke's on Tatooine. And that was the end of episode five. Dupe. Yeah, it was a fucking great, great episode. I gotta say... Fucking um, what's his name? Hayden Christensen. He's still got the moves, bro. Like, Even if he's got them droopy cheeks, that's fine. Like I mean, <laughs> you gotta think about it though. Jedi gets stronger with age, right? So yeah, but Hayden Christensen. <laughs> he's a Jedi, motherfucker. Don't don't you dare disrespect him. Um. So. Okay, so what were some things you actually like really enjoyed about the episode? Man, there was some solid choreography. The whole every every fight, every fight, even though you know the stormtroopers suck at shooting, you know they suck at shooting on purpose. Every fight was choreographed really well. Um, the defense of the rebels in that one particular scene when they were holding off against the stormtroopers was great. Ben was or Obi Wan was great. You know what I mean? Like every every fight in this episode, even if it was short, was really well choreographed. Um, even in the flashbacks, when you when you had that back and forth with Obi Wan and, and Anakin, especially those fights, they were just so fluid. It brought me back to Episode Two, 
like immediately when I saw him with the rat tail again, I was like, holy shit, they're going for this. You know? Yeah, oh yeah. I also, I forgot to mention that is probably one of Vader's, like one of his most cherished memories. Like that was back, like right, probably right when he got married, you know what I mean? Everything was good for him at that yeah. point in time. Right. Yep. So certainly was. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree with everything you said. I would have yeah. to say, like, it was it was a really good episode all around. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people hating on it, but I'm one of the biggest haters. They call me the hater on 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 stage. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> yeah. No, it was. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I don't know if it's just all the nostalgia for me, but I enjoyed this episode. So, uh huh, for sure, for sure. All right. What what was one thing you disliked about the episode? I know you know exactly what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it anyways. They should have fucking de-aged Hayden Christensen. Yeah, hands down. It, it was I, I I agree. If they didn't if they if they had just given him 10 years and made him look closer to that, it wouldn't have taken me out so much, but seeing him right at like that first scene with him i'm like holy shit you lazy fucks you couldn't devote a couple grand to this this is like key shit <laughs> and you're gonna just completely devoid of something you're gonna pay mark hamill to show up on set and place his face 50 fucking years ago but you're not gonna give us 10 years of hayden christensen de-aging you lazy fucks yeah <sighs> Sorry. Yeah. <sighs> no, I agree. I agree. No, that's that's probably my same dislike of the episode. So, who is the, who is your um who's your favorite character of this episode? Leia, a little hero. Little she, Leia uh, who had one yeah. fucking scene. You know what? It's a redemption for her from all the running away she did from that fucking rooftop shit. She came up with this idea. She was like, "I need a ladder. I'm gonna go up in that shit and be the hero." 30 seconds all she needed for me. Uh, there wasn't... I, I can say Tala, because Tala was badass, but Tala's always been badass. I could say the the loader droid because of how badass he was, but he's always been badass. Leia, 30 seconds it took her to redeem that fucking rooftop scene. Okay, if you say so. What about you? Vader, hands down, bro. Vader. Yeah, come on. Every yeah, single yeah. time he's doing some cool shit, that's gonna be my answer. Hands down. You're gonna you're gonna Vader simp this entire time. <laughs> I will, I will force choke the shit out of you. Um, okay, okay, Haja, you can't do it over the internet. So what about what about who is your least favorite character? I actually couldn't think of anybody to put in this category this time around. No one pissed me off enough to say that I didn't like them. Reva. Eh. She made you some foolish literally decisions. Literally, we're just saying she's an idiot for sparking She made some foolish thing. decisions, but crimes of passion. Do, do we hold? Do we hold all of what happened in Infinity War against Chris Pratt and Star Lord? <laughs> yes, yes, we do. Eh, you're probably right. <laughs> but no, I, I don't. I don't necessarily blame her. She she was left for dead, and. You know, the person that did it's been there this whole time. She's kind of been at his feet. So, you know, stupid it may have been, but she she had purpose behind it and she had hope behind it, which I respect. No, 
No, I disagree with that. <laughs> I totally disagree with that. Are you right? gonna say Reva is your disliked character? Reva is my disliked character. Alright. Um yeah, because for one, if her head wasn't so far up her own ass, she could have teamed <laughs> up with Obi Wan. Right? Yeah. Yeah, the ego but got in the way for sure. It's not just the ego though, it's the fact of she was like, Well, where were you? Why weren't you there to save us? Like, why didn't you save him? So she didn't she just didn't trust Obi. And then what happened? He abandoned her again, right? <laughs> so now she's got this now she's got even more hatred for the guy, right? Like uh fuck off, Reva. If you just if you didn't attack fucking Vader there, you could have fucking went on and then, you know, you know, maybe calmed down and then you know what I mean? Like That's fair. That's so, fair. Yeah, Reva. But Haja, he didn't do shit this episode. He didn't even say anything funny. I forgot he was even there. <laughs> exactly. So I could give it to either of them. So viewers viewers choice. Fair enough. So what's your overall rating for the episode? Nine point five. Nine point five? I will 9. second. 5. I will second that, my good sir. Woo! Finally. What do you mean? This I gave the last one hopes. a nine point five. No, no, I mean, I didn't, though. I think I gave it, like, a 9. Yeah. My ratings have always been higher than yours for this series. Yeah, well, that's because of your, your knowledge on the lore. But this gives me a lot of high hopes for Episode 6. It does not give me any high hopes for Episode 6. I'm do you like, think they're going to do the Disney thing and fucking fall flat on the landing? Yep. I was like, go think about it, man. They have so much to fucking go over, and we have one episode left. Yeah. Like there's, if there's so... anything under an hour, it's gonna be too much to be uh too much to be left on the floor, I think. Exactly. Right. So you left me with the shit episode. I got the shit episode. So maybe, maybe. I'm gonna let you have a little bit of optimism, you pessimist. I'm just worried. <laughs> no, I'm just the only that's why I'm worried, is because I don't I don't see I don't see them being able to finish what they're trying to tell here in this last episode, right? So That's fair. That's that's I can't argue with your logic. But yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna remain a little bit optimistic because that's that's how I roll. Uh, and that's by and, and by okay, so by shitty episode, I mean it's gonna be the worst of the six episodes. Doesn't mean it's gonna be bad. That's yeah. I'm just gonna, well, I mean, just gonna you I'm just gonna point, like point that out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't think we'll we'll find too much of a. I just mean like I don't think I'm gonna get any cool fights. You know, maybe Reva versus Obi, but they, but yeah, you know what I mean. I'm saying you got the better last episode. Yeah, the second last episode is always the better episode. I'm just gonna throw that out there. We're except gonna cross for, our fingers and hope for better next week. Well, except for Mando because Luke Luke showed up in that last episode. Yeah, that last episode was fucking incredible. But for the most part, the second last episode is the better episodes. Yep, Boba Fett was the same way. Yep. So, all right, Zach. We just went over Obi Wan episode five. Now we need to switch from Star Wars to Marvel, and by Marvel I mean Ms. Marvel. So why don't you tell us about episode one? Okay. So I want to start off by saying, as you heard, I attempted to say "welcome" in Hindi. I don't know if I pronounced it properly, but I'm pretty sure I did. Everyone turned it off right at that moment. How dare he click? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I attempted so. So Kamala Khan is the first 
Muslim comic character who has ever had her own comic book, right? And basically, the show starts off, we get a small introduction. She's 16 years old. She's a high schooler, obviously. And she makes YouTube videos. And we actually hear her mention that her next video is going to be about how she thinks that Thor is a gamer, which is pretty funny because... Because it's true. Because it is true, yeah, right? He he likes to play Fortnite. I think I beat his ass a couple times, and he threatened to come and smash me. Um, I will find you. I will bring you down upon you. Yes, and I am new Master 69. <laughs> so, essentially, Kamala Khan is, you know, the 16-year-old high school fangirl. She loves her superheroes, right? And especially, you know, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel is, you know, is her favorite character. Her so, idol. Essentially, yeah. So, so, after failing another driving test and meeting with the school counselor, Gabe Wilson, Kamala and her best friend Bruno finish off her Captain Marvel cosplay for Avengers Con. And you know what's funny is the camp, like, or not the camp counselor, the guidance counselor at the school, she's like giving her this like whole spiel, like your head's not in it. And she, and he literally starts quoting like Mulan. Like, I don't know if you caught that. Yeah, I did. I did. Are you singing Mulan right now? <laughs> yeah, so that was, that was, that was pretty funny. So she comes out of the guidance counselor's office, and we, you know, meet a couple students here and there. We see, I guess, the popular girl. Her name's Zoe. She comments on Kamala's necklace, right, which is her name in Hindi. And the cool thing about it is Kamala was named, like, so the word Kamal in Hindi means perfection, right? And in the comics, it's stated that they named her Kamala, right? For one, because she's a girl, I guess, so they, you know, feminized, feminized it. it. But her parents didn't think that they were ever going to have another child. So they named her Kamala as perfection. So it's kind of a cool callback to the comics. I have to say, out of all the fucking shows... This one pulls so much, I swear, like, lines straight out of the comic books. Yeah, I think I heard people talking about that. Like, this one's got a lot of scenes and, and words and, like, overall lines. Yeah, so, yeah. All, all, all in all, like, the way that this show is produced, like, it was actually really good. Like, yeah. you know, like, when the kids are text messaging with each other, right, the text messages are appearing in, like, you know... On the, yep, on, and, the, on and the, the neon signs and on the, the street. neon sign on the streets on, on, in the graffiti like it was the it emojis was, were showing up I love that it was it was really well done um but yeah we'll we'll get into that later yeah yeah right? while while finishing up her cosplay she has to hide it from her parents because her parents are like you know super strict right her parents don't really like the whole superhero thing mm. right but. So then we see Kamala, and she she gets this package, I guess, from her grandmother, right? Her mom tells her to put it in the attic. But she goes into it, and we see the bangle, right? Yeah. And this bangle, in the comics, she she has this bangle on, right? But I'll get into it more later. So she 
Her mom's like, yeah, don't touch that. Throws it back in the box. It's taken upstairs, put away. Right? Her mom really didn't like that box. No, she called it junk and everything. Right? Even though there was like a nice outfit in there too, it looked like. Yeah. So, so after failing to convince her parents to let her go to Avengers Con, so Kamala and Bruno, they sneak out and basically attend the, what is it? Uh, Avengers Con. Avengers Con. So they go there anyways, right? She sneaks out. I have to say about this scene, it was pretty cool. Like, she like, the whole like in her imagination, her like, you know, working out the plan and stuff, her running and doing some cool yeah. flips out the window and then reality the fucking hit. bus thing. Yeah, ride the bu- bikes off the bridge onto the bus. And yeah, that shit was pretty cool. But then reality happens and it's just nowhere near. <laughs> she jumps she jumps out the window, hits the tree branch, and just falls Plummets. flat on her back. Yeah. That was that was pretty good. She loses her bike. Right, which I thought was a nice touch because they go, "Do you think it'll still be here when we get it's back?" Jersey, no. Yeah, no. Right, which no, I don't think anywhere you go, you leave a bike like that at a bus stop. That is not staying there. You leave a bike at a grocery store for five minutes; it's fucking gone when you come out. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so. really quickly before you move on, there was one thing that happened that you didn't mention that definitely deserves to be mentioned, and that's uh, after failing to convince her parents to let her go, they sometime later on that day come in and they're like you can go as long as you take your father and he takes you and you gotta go dress like this and he's dressed in a very poorly made Hulk um, outfit with like abs on his shirt and he's all painted green and her her mom's handing her a, a little Hulk outfit like that's a fucking thing and it was cute but I can understand her being like no, that's kind of um embarrassing, which is what she said, and she said it in a hurtful way. But I, understand I was what like, "Yo, beat that girl's ass, bro! That's so disrespectful." Yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I just you know, I, I respect the dad for trying, but maybe don't go all green next. Don't go green face. <laughs> you won't like him when he's angry. Yeah, apparently. So, but uh, yeah, yeah. So they they sneak off to to AvengerCon anyways, and she ends up taking the bangle and making it part of her cosplay because they have to dress up as their favorite heroes, but put their own personal spin on said costumes. So mm-hmm. she grabs the bangle to give it her own kind of flair, right? Mm-hmm. So. After getting there, dressing up, she puts on the bangle. And then she goes and she gets up on stage. There's a whole bunch of Easter eggs that I'll point out later on at, from this scene, right? But the one the one that I'll point out right now is, did you see where the con was being held? Not specifically. So it was at Camp Lehigh, right? which is now converted into a convention center. Well, that's but... the place that they went to in uh, Endgame, right? No. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Tony and Tony and um no. Cap. No. That's not where they went. This is where Cap and Black Widow went, where they found Armenzola. Oh, that wasn't Endgame. That was um Oh yeah, yeah, not Endgame. Winter Soldier. I yeah. thought that was No, 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 it was both. 
because that was the same place that that um Captain went to get the the tesseract. No. Oh, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's also the camp where Captain America trained in the first Avenger. Oh yeah, remember wow, he that's goes. A, that's up, a very solid thread. He goes up and he grabs the Camp Lehigh flag. Well, he doesn't go up. He knocks the thing down. He knocks and gets the thing the... down. Yeah. So yeah, that's a that's one little Easter egg I'll point out right now. It's a cool um, little tie-in. Yeah. Like earlier, Bruno gave her these gloves, like some LED glowing gloves, right, to add to her costume, so it looks like she has powers and whatnot. But yep. she ends up forgetting them in the bathroom when she's changing, right? So she goes and she puts the bangle on, and as she puts the bangle on, we kind of see it activate. And she starts to get this kind of like, kind of, it looks like like a bubble barrier kind of going along her body, but it's just like yeah. her powers activating, right? And so she gets up on stage. She's last one to make it up on stage, right? So she's up there showing off her costume and she like sticks out her hand and like these purple blasts like start coming out of her hands, right? And everybody's like, oh shit, that's cool. And then she kind of loses control and just starts shooting shit randomly all over the place. Yep. And she ends up hitting Thor's hammer, like a giant Thor's hammer, like Mjolnir. And okay. it comes down and smashes into Zoe, who is also dressed up as Captain Marvel. Slutty Captain Marvel. No, that's more... That's actually like looks a lot more like the original Miss Marvel costume. Yeah, I, the original one was black and yellow, but that—that's I think that's the callback to that. Her outfit was the original Miss Marvel costume. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So so Zoe gets smacked by the hammer, taken up. She's falling, and when she's falling like this, I don't know if you caught this, but she did the Gwen Stacy MJ fall. I did catch that. They were doing like the slow motion. Yeah, and it's actually cool, too, because in the comics, Kamala actually saves Zoe in the same way. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's pretty cool. This right? person, the person that directed this, must have really, really loved Kamala's comics. So, yeah, so Kamala uses her powers to save Zoe. And Bruno rushes Kamala home, where... A pissed off mother is waiting for her. <laughs> I thought she was gonna get a whooping. Yeah, right. So she basically gets grounded. Okay. So yeah, so she basically gets grounded, and then we get the credits. So there's a mid-credit scene, right? And it's of the DODC, which is the Department of Damage Control, which is fucking weird as shit because damage control just fixes shit like i've never had i've never known them to have government power but that's the way the mcu works right and so we see agents cleary and agents deaver yeah and they're watching a video of kamala khan using her powers and they're basically like oh well i guess it's time to head to to jersey and so they head out to go try and find miss marvel now, did you recognize the male agent? Yeah, he's the one from No Way Home that brought everybody in. Yep, yep, yep. And so, yeah, and then so, yeah, that's episode, that's episode one, Miss Marvel. Yes, sir. Um, before we jump into the thoughts, I have a question. 
do you see her powers as pretty similar to the Green Lantern's powers? Um, to a degree, yes. It, it, it's it's almost yes. bothering me. Uh, it, it doesn't make sense, you know, the fact that she's making... Um, Energy you know, like, constructs. Well, there's that, but it's not really, like... She only makes platforms, right? Or it stretches her body out, apparently. Yeah, but see... So imagine if they used that, and that was her embiggening powers, right? So, like, you know how it works, like, on her hands, and, her, and when she makes the fist and stuff? Yeah. Right? If that's how her embiggening powers worked... I would be cool with that, right? Because she still ha- it's essentially still the same ability. It just doesn't look the same as it does it's in the comics. It's not her skin stretching. It's just an yeah, stretch. right. But you know what I mean. So I would be cool with that. I do not like the fact that she can essentially do whatever the fuck she wants. Like she's a Green Lantern or Star, yeah. Star Sapphire, to be more specific. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I mean, I don't hate it. But I just think it's kind of weird. Like, she should have just been able... She should have just... Like, that. her power set should just be, like, in beginning. But, like, yeah. in, in this, like, kind of crystal-y purple form. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I would have been totally cool with that, right? So, like, you know, when she embiggens her fist, it could just be that big purple fist. You know what I mean? Yeah. That would have been fine with me. But, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of how she can just create random stuff. Yeah, I, I figured you'd have that same thought about it as i did because it's it again it i get this wicked green lantern vibe out of it but i'm hoping that with growth and responsible learning she'll uh actually figure it out and maybe just stick to him beginning or i would say it's more in tune to the indigo tribe but yeah you can keep calling it a green lantern if you want conceptually for the sake of the casual who only knows the Green Lantern and not the other six or five rings that there are. What were your overall thoughts on this episode? My overall thoughts, it wasn't bad. Like, there was an abundance of, like, Easter eggs. Overall, I, I, I didn't think it was bad. Um, one cool thing... Yeah, so, so one cool thing I found um, that could be possible is the bangle could be another like cosmic relic kind of like the 10 rings the 10 rings right um i don't know like it's 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 actually cool because like yeah like as we'll get into it right we find out her powers actually do come from inside of her right yep which um, i had called before i think yeah before the second episode came so out so it's it's kind of like the bangle just activated it and in a sense it kind of seems like it's activating her you know cree dna kind of like what the Terrigen Mist would have done. Yeah. Right? So maybe that's how Marvel can explain, like, the activation of, you know, the special abilities in the Inhumans, right? And you know what I mean? Like, let's say there's something in the bracelet, right? So it's not the bracelet or the bangle per se, right? But it's like, you know what I mean? Like, either one of those jewels... And so instead of creating the Terrigen Mist, these jewels can activate the Kree cells in their bodies, right? That that could be the way that they can explain this and it make a little bit more... Like, th- that way they can bring the Inhumans back in. Um, they deserve a better shot than they had. 
Yeah, right. And Kamala is, I think, the most popular one. One hundred percent. Next, next to Black Bolt, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, especially now. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, like, that's that's pretty cool. Um, a couple other cool Easter eggs from like when they were in the con where we get to like she's wearing a a replica uh like bomber jacket that was that's like a, a replica of Carol Danvers in the like, 90s yep yeah her like her jacket yep and another cool thing was there was actually a painting and you see it and it's a painting of Black Widow and Iron Man and it actually said like rest in peace to the two of them which is really cool actually because black widow never got a sending off like she got that small little one at the end of black widow right but she never got that you know funeral like so it was actually quite a nice touch to you know what i mean finally show that you know respect to black widow who essentially saved the world you know what i mean yeah so that was pretty uh that was pretty cool i so yeah I, i i enjoyed it what about what about you yeah, I mean, it was really interesting introduction to the character for someone as not comic oriented as I am. Like, obviously, I love the movies, I love the shows. As visual media is, as visual media is given, um, it's not that I don't want to read the comics. I just can't focus on them. I get lost in the whole word, and I'll be reading a paragraph for twenty minutes. But so, what's something you disliked about this episode? Um, I guess we kind of touched on it a little bit. It's just the difference in her power. I just, I don't understand why they gave her the powers they gave her. Yeah. Just... I think the only thing that they were thinking is they didn't want to put someone stretchy on screen that wasn't Reed Richards first. That's, that's, a, that's, but I think that's just such stupid. a stupid reason. It's stupid, like, I agree. Or maybe they're trying to omit the Inhumans. I don't know, man. It's I don't know. It's still kind of just. It's choppy. Yeah. What was what was something you didn't like? Uh, I kind of it's it's along the same lines. I kind of wish they kept her as an inhuman, because then we'd have the proof that they exist. We'd have the inhumans being able to get their chance to shine. Well, going off of my theory, that could still be possible, right? Yeah. Yeah. The the real issue is. The way her powers work—that's that's, that's yeah. what it is, right? Like we could still have that, especially if the like, especially if the power is coming from within her, right? That triggered some sort of mutation in her, right? That bracelet mutation. So yeah, so so yeah, basically yeah, like I'm saying, like so yeah, so something changed her cells, you know what I mean, or activated the cells in her body. So that could that could legitimately be like like my theory, and I think that theory would actually be that'd be a decent way to bring in I would say bring in the um, Inhumans, but also to kind of answer the question of what is this power like what like how does this bracelet activate it why like why Kamala not like you know what I mean like Bruno if Bruno put the bracelet on it wouldn't have gave him superpowers yeah right? yeah yeah yeah. So, I think that's that, fair. Yeah. All right. So, who was your favorite character? Um. Well, out of the three characters that we got, I mean, we don't really have much choice. But 
I have to say the dad. The dad came in. Oh, yeah, and I forgot to point out a really cool thing about the dad is he's a, he's a famous, like, act, like, like, uh... Muslim actor. Yeah, right? Uh, like, Southern Asian actor. And he actually does the Hindi voice of Doctor Strange. That's dope as shit. Yeah. yeah. Dope as shit. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I'd have to say the dad, right? Like he was there, he was really supportive of her and you know what I mean? Like he was just a he was a really cool dad, especially like when you know what I mean, like the few like, you know, Muslims that I know or like when you hear stories, it's the dad's always like super strict, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? He and definitely seems laid back. Yeah, so I thought he was re- I thought he was pretty cool. Um so I mean, Kamala, Kamala was dope, you know what I mean? But, like, I'm going to be different. I'm going to say the dad. And then, like, when he came in and he got devastated, like, as a father, I felt, I felt that. I felt it. I felt for him. So, yeah, I'd have to say my favorite character probably was the dad. Like, we came in as the Hulk and stuff. Like, yeah, definitely the dad. He was ready. He was ready. He was great. So, yeah, yeah I'll give it to the dad. What about you? Um, I actually really liked Bruno. I thought that his all his techie stuff and his willingness to be so helpful with Kamala, I think that, you know, he's clearly simping for her, but it's fine because it's kind of cute. He's not overdoing it for the sake of overdoing it, but he's he's looking out for her. He's got her back, and I, I kind of really dig that about him because he doesn't seem to treat her kind of in any way differently, really. Like, you know, the the whole perspective is... Remember the whole line, brown girls from Jersey don't don't usually save the world. And he says, well, why don't you? You can. You're a superhero, Kamala. You know, like he's he's kind of her backbone in a way. Well, I mean, that's but that's in the second episode. He's he didn't. Oh, say was that. it? Yeah. Well, he no, he says it. They, doesn't he say it in the trailer, too? I think. Well, regardless, if he says it in the trailer, it's still like he, well, either it's way. still in this episode that doesn't happen. So he's not that supportive right now. Well, no, um, but he did the, the, the gloves. He made the gloves for... Yeah, he, he did. No, but, you know, he did say some cool stuff. I mean, I'll give him that. Yeah. He's what definitely had her back this entire time, clearly. Yeah. 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 No, Bruno's a good guy. Yeah, I like Bruno. I hope to see him grow some, you know. But shh. So who is your least favorite character? I have a feeling I know who you're going to say. If I'm wrong, I'll be surprised. Let's hear it. Are you going to say Zoe? Oh, fuck Zoe, but no. That's exactly my... <laughs> Anyways, who were you going to say? The mom. The mom. Yeah. She's a little bit hard huh? She was a jerk, dude. She was a jerk. So Yeah, I, I, could, mean, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I, I get it at the same time, but that doesn't mean I have to enjoy it. So, yeah, no. Yeah, the mom. Yeah. Obviously, you know now, <laughs> my choice was Zoe. <laughs> she was so, like... You know what I mean? She just was playing the damsel in dis- distress. I would say probably for the next episode, I would say she's probably my least favorite character. But, you know, we'll get into that. Yes, in a we bit. will. In a bit. What would you rate this episode? Uh, it wasn't bad. Like, it really wasn't bad. So, I don't know. I would probably give it, like, I'll give it an 8 for starters. Like, it's it's not terrible. Well, I mean, no, that that's that. I shouldn't say that. It's good. It's good. 
So, yeah, I give it an eight. Okay. Uh, only you? because I'm a little behind in the lore, I'm going to go a little lower than you on the seven five. Okay. I have to say, though, too, like, I know, you know what I mean? A, a, a couple, like, you know, cult, like, you know, cultural backgrounds and stuff and like you know what i mean some of that stuff but like this like like all this like like hindi and muslim stuff like i am so out like so it's it it is it is actually pretty interesting you know what i mean we get to see a bit more of the culture and everything right? yeah i like that i like that a lot actually yeah so it was good it was good yep all right so john Tell us about episode two. Ms. Marvel episode two was titled Crushed. So we get Kamala training with uh, Bruno, trying to figure out her powers. Bruno has figured out with his somehow significantly advanced technology brain kind of thing going on that he or that she has powers inside of her and not in the band, which... I, I hope they delve more into it because it's kind of cool, but I'm I'm sure we're going to get more about it. But um, for now, it's it's kind of obscure. Kamala, Bruno, and Nakia end up going to a party that Zoe sets up where they end up meeting this new senior, Kamran. Um, he's kind of showing off, and Kamala's smitten by him, you know, super crushing. And as they're getting to know each other, the cops show up, so they end up having to leave, obviously. And Kamran suddenly offers all of them, at least the three of them, a ride out of there. Um, well, he says he has a car so they can get out of there. It just, you know, with, with as strict as her mom is, it seems like she would think twice about doing something like that. But then again, she seems a little bit rebellious right now. So it's kind of on brand. Kamala is just like into him. And she ends up choosing to go do driving with him instead of training with Bruno the next day. But before she leaves, she invites him to Eid, which is a... The three-day festival, the end of Ramadan. Bruno's frustrated, but he lets her... Kamran lets her drive. They end up going to a restaurant. So they're at the restaurant. They're sitting there talking, and she sees her brother and his fiance walking by, so she tries to hide. But her brother notices them. So they come in. He introduce, She introduces Kamran as their cousin from marriage from pakistan it, it's a situation i can't really it was kind of a you know i can't really explain it uh but she tried to explain it off and he pretended like he must have recognized him or something because he's like oh yeah we used to call you kamaran.com it was kind of funny so that happens they get away with their situation and i have a, I have a question what's up so you're a marvel fan correct uh, Marvel television and film media, yes. Okay, because I was going to say, who is Kamran in the comics? I was listening to someone else talk about him. I can't remember the exact name, but they said his ability where it was to something like take the spirit or like ancestral form of people and get their power or their knowledge or something like that. It was. I was listening to a lot of different podcasts today, so I, I know I picked up on it somewhere, but I don't remember the full details on it. Yeah, no, that's completely wrong. Oh, then. Well, for one, he's a close, in the comics, he's a close family friend, and mm. he's an inhuman. And he comes to recruit Kamala to join an evil inhuman, like this street guy, 
who has the powers that you are talking about. So Comron's Comron's powers is he takes like this blue energy form, like his body turns to like this blue energy. So after their time together, Comron drops her off at home and she's like on cloud nine. She walks in the door and there's this like whole scene of her doing this dance. And, you know, it's, it's very teenager. So later on, we get a scene of her band activating after she's at school and her powers are acting up. And it's like a figure, a person is like shining through in light. And then it's, it's, we don't get any clarification who she is. She goes to ask her grandmother about her great grandmother on a video chat. And her father almost catches her. She uses her powers to stop him from coming in because um, apparently she's not supposed to be talking about it. But they both, every, everyone that she's tried to speak to about it has said they don't want to talk about it. They just kind of brush her off. Uh, we find out that uh, her great-grandmother was part of the partition of India uh, and lost her her grandfather, uh, sorry, her father, but somehow managed to find her using a trail of, was it trail of stars or a trail of tears? Trail of lights? It was something like that. I can't remember exactly what the words were, but it was it was a trail of something. So then we get to the damage control. They're talking to Zoe about her savior at, at the Avengers Con, and she kind of gives it away when they're naming off ethnicities. And once they figure out that uh, the person who was her savior was of South, e- South Asian uh, descent, I believe they actually used Muslim, um, they started looking for people in that specific community. Um, while everyone's at the Eid ceremony later on, there's a boy that was up on one of the towers, and he ends up slipping and falling out of the window in there, and he's hanging on. And Kamala sees him, so she slips away from Bruno and Nakia, gets dressed up in her garb, and she climbs up, and she does this really cool trick with well not trick but she really like she uses her powers really well uh in a moment of crisis she starts jumping on him really fast pretty cool she saves the boy she gets distracted and accidentally drops him a little bit is able to catch him before he hits the ground but he i guess hurt his ankle if he said my ankle after he dropped him um and then damage control shows up and she gets chased off uh she runs over and gets past them and then comron shows up out of nowhere rescues her, knows who she is, and then says, hi, I want you to meet my mother. She's been looking forward to meeting you for a long time. And we get the end of the episode. So clearly you didn't notice the woman in the backseat of that car is the woman that shows up in all those like flash, like flashes that she has. Thought so, but it, it seemed a little different. I thought that was like, like a, another relative of hers. I didn't think it was yeah. her specifically. That's her great-grandmother, meaning it that is. Cameron is her great-great-uncle. Okay, so what were some things you really enjoyed about the episode? I kind of like that she was able to get her powers incorrect and then better over time. I thought it was really cool that she was given the, the you know the brief little montage of struggle, growth, but still struggling. Um, her powers at the end of the episode being kind of like almost unpredictable where she dropped the kid accidentally because she wasn't paying attention. It gives the depth of still being new 
So I like that they're not kind of forcing her into. What are you talking being... about? She didn't drop the kid because she stopped paying attention. She no, dropped, she got distracted. She dropped, she dropped the kid because one of those flashes happened. Yeah, that's well, not her, that's not her fault. You can't. No, say no, I'm not saying her, it's her fault. Makes, yeah, but yes, you are though. You're saying that she's being like being a crappy hero because she wasn't paying it because she <laughs> yeah, wasn't paying so. attention. You literally said she wasn't paying attention. And yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think of it that way. Well, either way, I'll go back and just say, I like the way that in this episode, her powers progressed at a at a in a way that it wouldn't be too much. It didn't seem like she just suddenly got it, which is good. I like that there's going to be more development. I like that it's going to have time behind it. They're not rushing, it seems. That's because they have no basis for it. It's something that yeah. they just pulled out of their ass and made. And decided to, oh yeah, here's her new powers. So they have no backing. Yeah. They don't know how to make it, how, what, what makes it work. Yeah, I guess it's fair. I mean, they roughed Moon Knight in the way that they're not doing this. So that's, that's, that's what I mean, is they're not going too fast with it. What about you? What was some stuff you liked about it? I enjoyed uh, how, like, true they kind of st- stuck to, like, some of the, like, the culture and everything. Like, the mosque, they were all separated. Right, even everything that like the lead, like the the head guy at the at the mosque said was straight out of the comic books. Yeah, I don't know. They they the the right the writing is actually fairly decent. So yeah, that's probably the stuff I enjoy. Oh, comic accuracy is always good. Uh, what were what was something you disliked from the episode? I'm going to catch a lot of flack for this because everyone else I've heard talk about it has loved it, but I just, I got so taken out by the dance. It it just pulled me completely out and away. I, I didn't enjoy it. What was your dislikes? My dislike is how useless damage control is. Who's your favorite character of the episode? I really like Kamala this episode. Despite my dislike for the dance scene, she was really, really good with her, her training, with her with her actual acting, I really enjoyed this episode too. Like you could tell she, at least you could feel how much she actually showed the interest in Kamran when she first saw him. Like all the facial expressions, all the the way she handled everything with that. Like she clearly, at least seemed perturbed. You know what I mean? So yeah, Kamala was really really good this episode. What about you? I mean, not much happened in this episode. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, there, like, it really is, you can only really pick Kamala, like, nobody really did anything else, so, yeah, Kamala. What about least favorite? I almost want to say her family for trying to prevent her from learning the, the past, but I feel like there's more to that than just them trying to prevent her from knowing it, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I don't really know, I really don't, I was gonna say the the dickhead guy from Damage Control, but he's doing his job. So I can't really say I disliked him for it. What that kid for being stupid enough to fucking hang out of a window for a selfie? That's your choice? It's, I guess so. I don't really... Uh, as you said, there wasn't a lot that happened, so it's hard for me to say something was really ultimately bad. But I can say that that kid shouldn't have been hanging out a window for a picture. What about you? I have to say the whole, like, Comron thing, like, if... If 
that is her uncle is pretty fucked up. So <laughs> I'm, probably her say, I'm probably have to say I don't. Yeah, I don't like Comron. Yeah, he he was kind of creeping on it with it. What's your overall rating of the episode? I gave this one a seven. What about you? Yeah, I'd probably give it yeah like a six five seven. About the same. Okay. Like we said, not much happens. So yeah. It it has some stuff, but it doesn't have it doesn't have a lot of substance for an overall story. Like we still haven't gotten anything about the villain yet, which is kind of strange for episode two of what six. It'll be more Ms. Marvel next week. We have to cover now episode five of the boys. Yep. So why don't you lay us in that one on some of that? All right. So in the last episode, Kimiko got blasted through the wall, right? So. Frenchie goes and takes Kimiko to a hospital where she is overjoyed to learn that she lost her power. So whatever whatever soldier boy has in his chest, that chest beam takes away the superpowers, I guess, right? So yeah, so her and Frenchie, you know, they get a little closer, they get a they kiss, and Frenchie's like leaves the room. Goes to the vending machine and then he's actually just grabbed by Nina. And telling him that he has to do another job for her. Huey then reveals to Annie Starlight that he used the temporary V, the V24. You know, she's not happy with it. And then we see Butcher. He gets some more V24 from Maeve. And they actually end up hooking up, right? Yeah, so like they end up like drinking together. And then they end up, you know, hooking up. And... Homelander and Noir, they find out about this, and they actually, like, kidnap Maeve. So we're not too sure what's going on with Maeve. So following Edgar's departure, Ashley, the annoying, like, secretary, lady, assistant, I don't know what her role was, she's now become the president of Vought, but she's basically just a bootlicker. Um, Yeah, like, you know... She'll do whatever Homelander wants, right? So she Another, got... Uh, what's his name? Um, the Deep? Kind of, but she's just a normal person that runs the company. So she's, yeah, so she's now, like, the CEO. Then we get A-Train. We get a scene with, like, A-Train. He's back, like, at his brother's place. They're kind of reconnecting because they had a falling out in previous seasons, like him and his brother. And... He's like, yeah, I want to do this for the community. And, you know, he's got this new super suit, which has, like, African flags, like, or, like, African kind of, uh, like, tribal print on them and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and, like, everybody's like, yeah, that shit's lame. And they're like, if you really want to do something about it, why don't you stop this asshole Blue Hawk? So, like, Blue Hawk is essentially just another superhero, and he literally, like, beat the shit out of some kid that was on his way on the way home he's like yeah and so he's basically just patrolling the like black neighborhoods so he's basically just a racist piece of shit used like take using his powers to it to his advantage does he have any relation to like the nazis from that other season or that no. other episode no he looks like he's latin of some sort so oh oh geez so yeah so a train demands blue hawk like kind of has to go in like make a public apology right but instead of you know giving out this apology he he just like he says, fuck you and he starts attacking people and a train's brother actually ends up like breaking his spine 
So he's basically, his brother's not going to be able to, like, walk anymore. And then A-Train is a little bitch. He didn't do anything about it. Nothing. So his brother's now, like, hospitalized. And some other people got thrown across the room and whatnot. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, so upon returning to America, Soldier Boy sees this, like, Russian business. And he kind of just, you know, charges up his chest beam and fucking just blows it up. Um... I guess, you know, since he's been captured by the Russians for so long, he just was like, yeah, no, I kill all Russians. <laughs> Which, uh, at this point in time, I don't really have a problem with that. So, <laughs> this this alerts the boys. M.M. Huey and Butcher go and visit the legend, who's a character from the comics. He's the one who used to give Butcher all the information in the comics. So, and in this one... He's a for like I I don't know I can't remember in the comics if he's a former employer of Vought but he this guy in the series he used to work for Vought uh, so he reveals that Soldier Boy came and seen him and he's looking for his girlfriend right so the boys know where like the Countess is so they head off and it's this scene's actually pretty funny because she's it's called like soup porn like live or something so basically she's she's doing like webcam like the webcam stuff yeah yeah cam model fit yeah so the funniest part about this is you know who's on the camera like talking to her like in the private chat who fucking seth rogan it's hilarious (laughs) you gotta be shitting me yeah that's fantastic Right, so she goes and she heats up her little like giant fucking anal beads. Like these things are huge, so she goes and like heats them up, and you know like she's you know doing whatever. Like she's not using them yet, right? And then all of a sudden you just see fucking butcher just come flying into the room, just tackle her, right? So like they all they all tie her up. Mm's like, all right, so what's the plan? And like I said, M.M. has an issue with Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy killed his family. So Butcher ends up drugging M.M., right? Because essentially they need Soldier Boy to be the guy to kill Homelander, right? Like if he does what they think he does, if he does take powers away, and he's basically as strong as Homelander. Like we've seen a flashback with him being tortured by the Russians. Yeah. And they're like fucking shooting AK 47s down his throat, poisoning him, doing all kinds, burning him, trying to figure out how to kill him. And they, I guess they just, they couldn't. Right. Mm. So, so he, so basically that's why Butcher, you know, he roofies MM. Starlight shows up and Huey goes off and, you know, he kind of is distracting her because she's not supposed to be there. Soldier Boy shows up. Butcher goes in and says, "Hey, I have the Countess in there tied up. She's all yours, but we should we should, you know, form a team and take down this Homelander prick, right?" So then we see Soldier Boy go into the trailer and he goes, "So how much did they pay you?" And the Countess is like, "Nothing," right? <laughs> and he's like, "I loved you after all of this. I thought you were going to come and save me." And she's like, yeah, I never loved you. And so he fucking blows up the trailer. Like, just fucking decimated. Decimates it. Like, Huey and and Starlight are far away. And it fucking blows up in the distance. So then they fucking run back. 
and Starlight sees um, Soldier Boy, and she like lights up her eyes like she's ready to fight. And this is where we see Huey steps in front, and he's like, no, we need him. And she's like, I thought you said no more lies, right? And they're like, yeah, well, you weren't supposed to be here, right? That's what Huey kept saying. So then they have a little back and forth. Huey ends up walking away from her and then going off with Billy and uh, Soldier Boy, and, and that's the end of the episode. Sounds like a little bit of a cliffhanger. They just gotta wait till next Friday. Yeah. It's kind of... See, I like that, that old... St- I call it old. That former style of television where they make it episodic. That's one of the things that kind of sucks about the streaming services that drop the episodes all at once. You, you don't get the benefit of having to wait in the moment and really feel the effects of what happened. You can kind of just resolve it with the next episode. So basically you're saying Netflix, because they're pretty much the only ones that do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's a bit of a drag. I don't understand, though. Like, it's your choice to binge it. If you want to watch one episode, then only watch one episode. You no, can't, I know. You I, can't, I, you can't I, blame I can't. You can't blame companies for that. Because I'm not blaming you, anybody. Because, I'm not people saying it's... Can't, because people can't control themselves. Yes, I, I blame people. <laughs> That's their own problem. Willpower. It makes more sense because the longer the show takes, if they drop 10 episodes of the show, they drop it all in the first day. I could take two weeks and watch it all. But if I have to watch the show for 10 weeks, I might give up on the show fucking six weeks in. It's just because it's taking too long. Right? It really depends. I gotcha. But Netflix does release weekly shows as well. I wonder what the inspiration for it all is. So, and then another thing. So you're telling me you would you would be waiting for one episode a week of Stranger Things after waiting three years for them to drop this season? You'd want to you you would want to wait seven. I see weeks. your argument there. <laughs> I see your argument there. That's a good point. That's a good point. So, oh. all right. Well, sorry about that loud for a second there. Um, why don't you tell me your overall thoughts of the episode? Not too much happened in the episode, but I enjoyed it. Like they're they're getting to it, and Soldier Boy is is just so much better than he was in the comics. Like Soldier Boy, like this Soldier Boy is more so like Captain America, except this this guy would probably beat the shit out of Captain America. Not gonna lie. Oh. Um, even like without the chest blast and everything, like even if he didn't have the chest blast, he would destroy a lot of the Marvel superheroes. Um, now, do you think that's because not not the the feeling of how he'd kick um, Captain America's ass, but do you think he's a more um, he's better than in the comics because of Jensen Ackles? No, no, he's, com- he's completely not the same character that's in the comic books. Okay. I know a lot of times actors can do things and it makes it like... Well, in the comic books, the Soldier Boy title is... They try and make it seem like he's this immor- like you know guy that's been around since the World War One, But it's literally just been a title that's been passed down in the oh, comics. Oh, legacy. And he pisses himself, I think, two or three times in the comics. So <laughs> it's, that's what I'm saying. This Soldier Boy is nothing like the comics. That's a complete departure then. All right, that's interesting. Yeah. All right. So, what about something you disliked? Well, I didn't mention it, but they did have a they did have a little like musical number, uh, in the beginning of the episode with Kimiko. But yeah, no. Um, 
not really. They kind of... I guess I would probably say, like, the back and forth between, like, Starlight. You know what I mean? Like, she's going off doing whatever the fuck she wants, but then she has the fucking gall to get mad at Huey for, you know, wanting to not feel useless. Like, yeah, so probably Starlight. standards, no! (laughs) Yeah. So, Um, I'd probably say, like, that back and forth. Who was your favorite character in this episode? I mean... For this particular episode, again, nobody really did anything too crazy, but probably Butcher. Like, Butcher's always probably going to be on the t- at the top of each episode. Like, he's just such a dick. And then he fucking tackles that chick right before she's about to uh, get good with the anal beads, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, that was pretty funny. So That's um Carl Urban, right? Yeah. I- I've always found him to be very, very fun, so I'm sure I'll very much like his character when I start getting into the show. What about your least favorite character in this episode? Probably Starlight. Again, the double standards. She just nags on Huey. Like, Huey's supposed to be the naggy one. So, <laughs> yeah, Starlight. And, uh, what would you give this episode uh, for a rating? I really enjoyed this one, so I'd probably give it, like, an 8. It was a good episode. It's a high yeah. one. I think that was... Did you give last week's an 8.5? I think? I don't remember. This has been a ride. Yep. Um, yeah, so don't forget to check out the other podcast on our network, Geek Talk Network, What in the Anime with Tyler and Dustin. So yeah, check them out wherever podcasts are. They come out every Tuesday. Zach, it's been real. Yeah, John. Deuces. Thank you all so much for listening to Movie Night with the Boys.